Hello, and welcome to the Back Issue Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mann. In this episode, we'll be having a spoiler-filled discussion about an older comic book storyline. In this back issue spotlight, I'm joined by James, and we're going to be discussing Erratic from AWA. James, how you doing tonight? I'm fantastic. How are you doing, John? I am doing well. This is one that I looked at, and I said, yeah, I don't know if I need it and such. But I actually, after reading this, went back and checked the solicits, because I'm still a little confused. I think this is part of the Resistance world. It is. It's not very blatantly so. Yeah, this was... AWA, my publisher of the year for mm-hmm. 2021, I remember I picked this up. This was, man, I could be mistaken, but probably like the second or third title I picked up from AWA. It was early on, and I think this was like one of the first offshoots outside of that universe. And I'd forgotten it because when you mentioned, let's go back and do a back issue spotlight of this, I'd forgotten about the whole resistance thing. And then when I started reading it, I was like, oh, yeah, and they keep referring to it in here. Well, that's the thing is they don't. They mention reborn as a term a few times. Yes. But the term resistance and the, the mention of the virus, I mean, they could have just been talking about the coronavirus for all I knew. Exactly. I See, I read it the first time, and I didn't remember it being part of the resistance thing, but when I read it this time, I was like, okay, reborn, the plague, the virus. They even showed him getting sick in here, the kid. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I just assumed it has to be from the same thing, but I'm guessing. The solicitation didn't give any particularly clear clue either direction. Okay. So I'm thinking it is, but I'm thinking they didn't want to play that up at that point, because this came out in December 2020. Yeah. So they may not have had enough, I don't want to say faith in the Resistance stuff, but enough of a sales track record to know if if trying to bill it as part of that universe like they did with Knighted and stuff, if, if they wanted to do that or not. They just may not have made that decision then. Yeah, exactly. And the interesting thing is it left off the whole thing with, um, you know, end of volume one where they can revisit it, but Kara Andrews has not revisited yet. So, I, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind if he did because I actually enjoyed the book. I enjoyed it too. I thought it was fun. I did find one thing about it that made me go back through the credits and realize, hmm, there's a, a missing name here. Ah. There's no editor for this book that I saw. Yeah. Huh. And while it was a very enjoyable read, there were a number of places where I'm like a little confused as to what's going on and think that a good editor could have really shored up some of the story in the writing stage and one or two places in the art stage and made this a much better book. I agree with you there, because there were a few places where I felt like, huh, what happened here? Well, I came out of the first issue thinking this kid's powers must work one way based on kind of what was implied by the thought balloons, the dialogue, and what we were seeing and stuff. But then the next issue, it's like, no, no, I I guess it's not that way. Yeah. Because he's got 10 minutes of power. Yep. And in the first issue, he seems to be able to, you know, squelch it down or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I guess he can turn it on and off. So if he times it right, he can use a few seconds here, a few seconds there. That That's a lot more useful for these so far undefined or unclearly defined powers. But then the next issue, he's flat out saying, nope, it, I turn it on, it lasts for 10 minutes, and then it runs out. Yeah, can't really it, control it. And at one point, they're almost like he can't keep it in. 
mm-hmm. at, at near the end of the book, like, oh, he's going to explode. He's going to let it all out. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's not defined very well. But I, I remember when I first read this back in 2020, it kind of gave off the same vibes to me as like a Peter Parker type thing. I would say this is an amalgamation of Spider-Man, yep. Static, and yeah. Impulse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> and part of it with the impulse is the art style and the the way the kid just acts and thinks reminds me of Bart. Okay, yeah. The power set seems like it's static if he was convinced he was Spider-Man. <laughs> and then the uh, growing up, he just, you know, down on his luck and kind of like the kid who's being picked on reminds you of Peter Parker. Oh, absolutely. It, yeah, with a little bit rougher life with the mom and stuff, with some stuff going on with her. <laughs> But there's also a few aspects of that that's a little Peter Parker and a little Bart Allen from uh, from Impulse. Yeah, and and I think you know I don't want to say making it darker, but making it a little more realistic, maybe to what could happen in family dynamics, uh, makes it a little more relatable to maybe a younger reader today than when you and I were growing up. We didn't talk about those things. Well, and I think there's a different mindset for this kind of story being told today versus back when it was done, either with the original Static or the original Spider-Man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, just different sensibilities. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, I mean, it, it was it was a real fun read, and I loved how we, we start off with this countdown. You know, I, I remember that splash when it comes up, you know, 15, 14, 13, it's going on down. And then having that pop up later on was just very clever, I thought. I had mixed feelings on that. Ah, uh, did you not like it? I never like it when they start the story with kind of the climactic scene or a snippet of it. To, to really start with a bang, and then it takes the entire story to circle back to it. Yeah, it, and it does do that. <laughs> but I will say, the opening scene, it had a couple of, of interesting questions, you know. What if you had the power to do things no one else could do? Okay, got it. You know, what if you had ten minutes to save the world? And I'm like, well, I'd hope I had a really good sense of time. Ten minutes, not a whole lot to work with. And we get to that next one, which explains the 15-second countdown of, I've got 15 seconds left to save her. And I'm like, I'm hoping this kid has a really good ability to estimate how long things are going to take. Because I, I was looking at that particular shot where we've got the 7-6, you know, all the way down to 1 and such. Yeah. And I actually started counting the windows on the buildings in the background. Oh. <laughs> and as near as I can tell, that kid is like at least 30 stories up from what we see at the bottom of the picture, which is not street level. Yeah. And then I got to thinking, okay, he's at least 30 stories up in the air. I don't know how fast he's traveling, but just from a, a dead stop, it's going to be five or six seconds, give or take, depending how tall those individual floors of the, the building are before he, you know, goes splat on the ground. You know, because I was actually wondering, it's like, okay, <laughs> does he have the time to, because there's, I don't know, 10, 15 story difference between where he is and where she is down there in the corner? Does he have time to actually catch up to her, catch her, and then decelerate without, like, killing them both? Before they, you know, do a sudden deceleration when they hit the ground, the building, or whatever, you know, comes first. And I'm like, okay, this is this is interesting. But again, it's a let's get the stakes up really high, and then, you know, you get that page flip, and we're back. Wham! <laughs> a week earlier or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and that was kind of like, and, and this is where you get the Peter Parker thing, you know, the kid in the new school kind of like mm-hmm. getting picked on. But he's actually friend with friends with a jock who happens to be his brother. <laughs> you get like the girl dynamics, you know, the same stuff that Peter Parker went through. 
And but then you, you also get like the stuff that happens with his mom, which it's like her being, you know, kind of bamboozled and, you know, basically tricked and out of some money thinking she had mm-hmm. a job lined up. It was just gut wrenching when you see stuff like that happen and how she reacts to the situation. Well, she was in the Aunt May position, obviously way younger and way less responsible in many senses and a bit more tragic and such. And at first I was thinking, well, where's the dad? Did they get divorced? Did he die? What's going on? That gets clarified a little later. And they set a lot up very quickly. Yes, they did. But out of this first issue, there were a couple of things that really caught my attention and were a little distracting from the story for me. Okay, what was distracting? First off, the art. The art is not the best, I don't think. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's really good in some places and really sketchy in others. And it goes back and forth. It's and weird. Sometimes from one panel to the next. Yes, and I can't explain that. I don't know why. I mean, if you go to where the girl is looking at his sketch and stuff, uh-huh. the two panels of her, nice. Yeah. The next panel of his reaction and, and everyone else where suddenly their eyes are just kind of implied or whatever. Not so nice. It... it, it it's like a totally different art style almost. Yeah, it's bizarre, and I can't explain that. Maybe he went back and hurried up. I, I, I just don't understand what happened. And I know Kari's, I don't know if it's Car, Kari, Kari, I don't know how to say his name. He's a good, great artist. Like, when he does cover art, it's amazingly detailed. But on the interiors, I don't know what's going on here. Because sometimes it looks good. Sometimes it's just, like, looks very rushed. I'm wondering if it was an anime influence or a manga influence. Honestly, this does look very manga-esque. And there are places where it that. goes from Western to manga and back. Mm-hmm. Now that you say it, yeah. And sure. it's, it's a little bit of whiplash. I mean, it's, it's, it's effective art in so much that it tells the story reasonably well. And I say reasonably well because there are a couple of places where I went from one scene to the next and I'm like, wait, what just happened? Or a few other things. But I chalk that up to the lack of an editor versus, you know, anything necessarily on strictly the art side. Yeah. You know, I found out a funny thing with art, not to get too far off topic, mm-hmm. but since you mentioned manga, I told you I have some readers in my office who read manga, or, mm-hmm. or they'll, they'll watch anime and stuff, and uh, their big gripe about like Western comics is, oh, it looks too realistic. And I was like, really? I was like, that's you, what you don't like? And they, they like the stylized look. They just like it. And so I can see maybe he went down that path. Yeah, but pick one or the other. Yeah, don't go back and forth between the panels. Yeah, that that was the part that was confusing. Yeah. The other thing is as we start to this is his, uh, Oliver's first day at this school. As we start to see this school, I quickly got the feeling that this writer does not think highly of the American educational system. Not at all. <laughs> they they basically yelling at the kids, you're not allowed to think and what are you doing and yeah, it looked rough. Well, the whole thing was rough, but it was also almost caricaturish. It was, especially the you get to the one guy who's like the the great leader. I guess you could say he, you see he has a picture of Kim Jong Il in the background. Yeah, almost like he's portraying that character. Well, he's I think was the social studies teacher who quickly becomes the principal. Yep. The thing that got me is he looks not exactly like, but just enough like the coach. Ah, uh, yeah. Big guys, dark hair with a mustache. And there are times where we see them from a little bit of a ways away, and there's an almost impressionistic aspect of the art at times, where it's like, I would have made those two look different, at least have different silhouettes or something like that. 
Yeah, the only thing that differentiates them is the one guy's wearing a baseball cap, usually. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, same guy. So it was a little little distracting and I think could have been a little more effective in places. Yeah, I, I agree. Overall, the first issue was good. Kristen was actually starting to seem somewhat nice up until the end, at which point it's like, oh man, this is how the Spider-Man sort of thing would play out in the modern day. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But not good. Yeah, I'm like, man, what a... You, you, I started thinking things about her. <laughs> but then the next issue, they backpedal on that. Yes. And I'm like, okay, you led us to believe one thing, and then you pulled the rug out, and not in a... I don't want to say not in a playing... Well, yeah, I'm going to say not in a playing fair kind of a way. We had no reason to think that the viral video would have would have not gone the way we thought it would have gone. Exactly. So, I, technically, he's revealing one of the side effects of his powers, but, it, yeah, it's a little bit of a bait-and-switch there. Yeah. There was no, at least none that I noticed, no clue that that was going to happen and such. So I was a little disappointed with that. Yeah. And then also, at the end, was it the end of the first issue where the social studies teacher, yeah, says something to the then principal, and he kind of exits the, the story rather abruptly. Yeah. But there was no power effect, no visual thing. Yet in the second issue, when this new principal does his voice command kind of a thing, it's very clearly shown in a stylistic effect. Exactly. That was kind of like, they should have shown that a little bit better. They should have shown that he actually had a power versus just looking at a broken window. Because he basically is like the purple man. Yep. That's his power. So I'm like, okay, even though they show it in red, this is the purple man. But the fact that we didn't have that visual effect as a clue that he was actually instructing the guy in the first one. I mean, even if he was unaware he was doing it, it still would have had the the same effect. Something like the red googly eyes or, you know, the something happening. Well, the, the red border around the dialogue is what they tend to do. Yeah, the border and boom, and have his eyes real bugged out and just, like, when he's emotional and says something, with it happens. The yeah. person does that. So that would have been cool, but yeah, it was not there. So that was the first, I guess, manifestation of the power. And I get he didn't realize the guy was going to go jump out the window when he told him to, so I don't blame him, well, sort of do, and don't blame him for that. But again, storytelling-wise, it could have been a little more more clear. Yeah, and, and I'm, you know, going back, I can't remember if that confused me or not when I first read it. You know, reading it back-to-back, you get that hit, but the 30-day break between issues, it may be something where I'm like, what happened again? How did that happen? Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. I do think that's one of the differences between reading something back-to-back and reading it when it comes out. Exactly, because I remember I had confusion about power sets when I was reading it monthly. Well, for me, it didn't confuse me in the first issue. It confused me in the second. Yes. When it was now a very blatant power effect. And and I was trying to remember back. I don't remember that happening. Yeah. (laughs) What's going on? And we also got some stuff where some clear exposition when Oliver's got to explain to Kristen, you know, what had happened, how his powers work, and stuff like that. Or not how his powers work, because that's never explained here. Never. But the time limit aspect of them. Yes. A lot. It, it was an info dump. It was. And, and this is kind of like, I said this about, who was that? Gleason, when he was writing Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. We did our monthly spotlight. And I noticed that with Kari Andrews. Like, there's some people who start off as artists, and they can become fantastic writers. And then there's some who, like, they're almost too verbose. They, they, they're not adept at, like, skillfully just communicating to the reader subtly. Yeah. And so they do these massive info dumps, and they're just too many words on the page. They don't need to do all this. 
and it's almost like I, I don't know. I, I they're they're used they're not used to playing in that world, and so I think they overdo it a little bit on well, the on the word side. There were some places here where I thought it was both overdone and underdone. Yeah, because there were a couple of things. It's like they didn't know how to get it out, other than let me just say it as as a character, or whatever. But then, like at the end of the second issue, where all those drones are coming after Oliver and stuff. Yeah. I got to the end of it, and I'm like, well, wait a sec. Were the drones after Kristen or Oliver? Why would they have been after Kristen? Yet they were clearly chasing her, although they seemed to initially have been after Oliver. Yeah. And at that point, we'd not gotten enough information for for who was behind the drones. We had somebody else that, well, it's clearly got to be this guy, because there was no other viable suspect. Exactly. We didn't have anything. We had the doc at that point. We didn't have the girl who it later turned out to be. Correct. So there was an aspect of the information being released was leading us down a very particular path that stopped making sense at various places. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so that that was weird to me there. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you what, you know, the the what was weird is, oh, or another part, well, this is one thing that I guess it made me really not like, I, I guess her name's Kristen, I can't remember the names. Yeah. When they when she took him to the closet, she takes Leaf to the closet, and almost like they're in a, a makeout session. You know, you go into a, a you're at a party, you go to the closet, and it's dark. Mm-hmm. Things are gonna happen, but literally, she sets him up again. I was like, yeah. man, you cannot trust this girl. But they put in a little blurb somewhere I can't remember where, where they're like, oh, the thing that they say they don't like about you means that's what they do like about you. When they're explaining, when the brother told him, this is what Dad told me. Yeah, you know, the girl thing the girls make fun of you about that's what they actually like about it. so mm-hmm. it was kind of funny and i liked how the other girl deflected for him and got everyone off his case when they came out of the closet yeah the other girl was actually more interesting i think i think so too i liked her a little bit more mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I i can't remember her name for the life of me so i don't even know if it was told to us i honestly don't remember it was in a few places i'm just trying to remember what it was i didn't think to write that down that's okay. We'll, we'll just say the other girl with the black stripe in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> She's kind of like Mabel. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but I found Mabel more interesting. I thought she was like, she's kind of like that tougher girl who kind of protected him in a way well, that you wouldn't even see coming. She's almost the cliche rebel girl versus Kristen being almost the cliche, you know, cheerleader she, type. Yep, cheerleader type. I, Popular I mean, girl. She's literally a cheerleader too, so that furthers the stereotype. Yep. <laughs> so I liked aspects of this, but by the time I got to the end of that second issue, I was a little more confused as to what was going on and what Oliver's powers were. Yeah, yeah. Because it plays out a little bit weird there. It plays out a lot weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the third issue, we get again the morphing of the school based on the new principal and his purple manish powers. And it's like, okay, we're spending a little too much time here. I get this as part of the main part of the story, but it felt like they were harping on it a little much. And then, literally, Oliver gets not just... I mean, he was handed his his outfit. Yeah. Out of nowhere, it had no real explanation other than, oh, I thought it might help. Here's a grounding wire. Here you go. <laughs> that's it. Like, yeah. That was weird. I, that was, that's the weirdest way to end up with a, with a costume. Well, and the fact the Doc has a matching one didn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, it kind of did, given what he was doing, but how did he get the resources? Who is this guy? Yeah. 
that's where it got a little bit weird for me because just showing up and he has a suit a matching suit and it's already your size that's just weird i mean this is this is the issue where things started to fall apart a little for me on the plot again it was an enjoyable read but the moment i stopped to think about it i'm like wait okay so the outfit's literally just handed to him (laughs) him going back to the lab after he leaves it seemed out of nowhere suddenly the lab's on fire Ooh. And then later, when he bumps into his brother while he's in costume, it's like his brother's up to no good. I mean, where did that come from? Yeah, it, it, th- that was the part that really surprised me. With the brother, you're just like, out of nowhere, he's like this do-good jock, you know? I figure he was the good kid, you know, versus the one that's kind of beat, you know, down on his luck and everything. But no, we're going to incorporate a whole crime aspect to this kid. When did he have time to get hooked into the seedy side of this town? I know, and it's like instantly, didn't they just start school here? How is he already doing doing this? <laughs> this is like two or three days in, and it felt like they literally just moved in the day before school started. And he's negotiating crime deals. It's like, what is going on here? That was the weirdest part for me. I was just like, what? And then we get to the end. I'm like, oh, looks like he, Oliver's dead. Must be the end of the series. And it's yeah. like, of course, he's not going to be, but they kind of overplayed their hand a little. I mean, it's one of those things that in the moment, a lot of the stuff is fun. Yeah. But it's a roller coaster ride, not an intricate plot. Correct. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think the third issue was the messy issue. Yeah, it was definitely the weakest, I think, in a lot of respects. Yeah. When we get to the fourth, we start to get some backstory on the dad. Yeah. And, and, and this is where I thought we got the backstory on the virus, too, which may or may not be the virus in the... In the... Um, in Resistance. It almost has to be. Resistance. Yeah. Um, and so you see him, it's like... It's kind of horrifying. He's like, I should have washed my hands more. I should have wore a mask. And he's like running a fever and he's like, hard. I can't breathe. I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting horror stories back in 2020. And this came out in 2020. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. I remember reading this. I was like, oh. <laughs> well, the part that gets me is this kid is, is not doing well. And dad's like, oh, I'm just going to go out for supplies and never comes back. What a dirtbag. Well, in fairness, he may have gotten hit by a bus. He may have been killed by a a, a reborn we don't know but it definitely makes him you know candidate for dad of the year yeah and i was hoping i'm hoping in that second volume they tell us what the heck happened to him hopefully i don't know it's just weird just gone the fact that we never see the father in that scene i'm trying to remember if we ever see him anywhere in this in the whole series it almost leaves it open to a dad with maybe a power set showing up in the future and here's why yeah, I had to leave. And so I thought it could be very cool, but right now we just don't know. There's potential there. It's potential it's even a character we may have seen over in the Resistance or something like that, but True. I kind of hope not. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I figured Oliver was going to live after being shot the previous issue, but the bullet inexplicably just getting ejected from his body, I'm like, how? Yeah, what, what is this? What power set is this that we don't know about? Convenience. Yes. A power set of convenience. <laughs> power set of narrative convenience. I can do whatever I need for the story. Yeah. Again, there were some fun moments and stuff, but then when Allie Turner shows up and goes all, I almost want to say Doc Ock on them. It looked like I reminded. I was reminded of Doc Ock when I saw her. Yeah. This is not powers. This is like Michael Bay. I don't even want to say pseudoscience, but it, it was a bit over the top. Mm-hmm. And then we get a passing line later. It's, oh, that's who did the drones. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, wait, if she did the drones back first issue or whatever it was, 
then the doc just happened to be in the area to pick up Oliver at the right time? Which is even weirder then, yeah? Yeah, I was, again, I, I wasn't seeing how all this was fitting together. Yeah, there, there's definite plot holes in here. Yeah, again, though, it's it's a fun read. Yeah, exactly. It does. It didn't take away from the book and what it is. It's, it is fun. But imagine what this book could have been if they'd actually had somebody who said, you know, you've got a couple of plot holes here and here. Why don't we actually do something about that and yeah. fix it? Exactly. Why don't you tell us why this guy's following him around? Why don't you tell us this? Why don't you tell allude to her powers maybe ahead of time or this or that? Something. Well, not why don't you tell us. Why don't you show us? Show us. Yes. Because <laughs> I think they had some really great ideas, some really fun stuff here. But there were a few places where, again, it was a little over the top and a little, wait, what just happened? Exactly. And so it's almost like his craft as a writer has not been refined yet. And that's where the editor can help him and make him better. And so they needed editing on this book. Yes. It's either that or wouldn't it be cool if thus and so happened? Yeah, it's cool, but it's nonsensical. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate because, like, you you see what the book can be. It could be great. And right now it's just good. And we've seen everything from Amazing Spider-Man right now. We talked about the rotating writers how Mm -hmm. i feel like that's a downfall in editing versus necessarily the writers yeah i I really do and so if you have a strong editor i think you could be such a better writer whether it's independent marvel dc whatever get a strong editor wherever you are writing well i want to be clear on this strong could be taken in a number of ways you want a very talented editor who could point out the the potential weaknesses of the story offer solutions but not dictate the solution. Exactly, yes. And not, get the best out of the creative team that they're capable of bringing. Not a tyrant, someone who's going to make you better. Someone yes. who's going to show you the holes. <laughs> Ask you the right questions and help you find a good solution. Yeah, I think that would be excellent. So, But overall, I mean, you can see that there's such potential in this book for it to be even more. Absolutely, absolutely. I Again, I enjoyed it. I thought it had some good stuff. There were just a few places where I was a little confused again what was going on. How does his energy powers work like spider webs so we can web swing and stuff like that? But it does, so fine, we'll we'll deal with that. This high school, which seemed to be out almost in the burbs, is suddenly in downtown. That was a little geographically confusing. Yeah. And then by, you know, I don't know, a good ways into the fifth issue, we're back on those two pages that we started from. And at this point, it's been a bit while reading it, just back to back, it'd be four months or so if you read it as it came out. Yep. But then to get back literally where we started, again, it's a writing crutch I'm not crazy about. And I honestly probably didn't remember that first scene that I'd read. When I got to this four months later, I I honestly probably didn't remember just knowing me. But one thing I did like that he did in here, but I, I, I did and didn't like it, he made the brother look like he's going down a bad path, the older brother, Oliver. And then he immediately in the next issue gives him a redeeming quality, which I guess is good and bad, you know? Well, I took it as the brother was doing the crimes to get the money for the family because he knew the family needed the money. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. He's doing I, that, and then he went down a different path to get make it happen. Yeah. Ah, that makes sense, yeah. And so he, he's, he's the kid who's doing something bad but with good intentions. He's one that what, you could... Have him walk either side of the, the the line for a little bit, you know? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, now that I look at it that light, so, yeah. 
What was your take on the mom's boyfriend, uh, keeping in mind she's just moved into town a day or two ago because she was just now going to her new job at the beginning of the story? That was bizarre, wasn't it? <laughs> so, I mean, they had to move in over the weekend. They go to school Monday. She shows up to a job that doesn't exist. And we're not even, I think, at Friday, maybe? Maybe we've made it to Friday. I don't know. There was a party, so we'll assume that was a Friday. Yet I she's, it, she's got a boyfriend? I, I took it in a certain way because I, I, I took it as the mom, man, and I, I don't even want to say this. Like, no, okay, I think she's down on her luck because of what we've seen. She has some drinking issues, definitely yeah, drinking issues. definitely. And along with that, fast and loose with doing what she's got to do to maybe make ends meet. And I honestly think she picked up this guy. Maybe he'd take care of some stuff for her because the guy shows up and is surprised. Oh, kids? You have kids? Like, what? They just met. He's walking into, oh, my gosh, uh, you you didn't tell me you had kids. To she's almost expecting to pay for stuff. So I'm like, uh, it it just seemed really, oh, she's trying to use this guy. Yeah, was this the guy from the bar next to where she thought she had a job? I think so. Okay. That whole subplot didn't work for me at all. It didn't. It made it look like she was a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm out to just use this guy, get drunk, and see what I can squeeze out of him. I, I felt that, and I don't. I hope it's not that. And I'm like, maybe she's in a do-what-you-gotta-do type moment. And I hate seeing that because I know stuff like this really happens, and I don't want to think say anything judgmental one way or another, but I'm like, man, that does not read well, and I don't think very highly of her. I don't know what they were trying to do with that character. But I don't think it came across the way they wanted it to. No. I, I hope it didn't, at least. Yeah, because I came out on the other side thinking, man, these two kids are growing up in a horrible situation. Horrible. And I feel bad for them. That's the way I felt. Yeah, but he actually, I don't know. It, things could go in a multitude of directions for a, a subsequent volume. Yeah, it could. So I'm hoping that the wife re- or the mom redeems herself. I'm hoping we see the dad and the reason why he's not in the picture. I'm hoping we see Erratic grow his powers and get control of them and maybe be able to save up and use it more than 10 minutes, you know, judiciously. And I I really want to play up on the love life between the two girls because that's like MJ and whatever love, you know, you know, whether it's a black cat or whoever. Gwen or whatever. Yeah. Gwen. Yeah. It, It could be like that type of dynamic. I think this could be a fun book in a second volume. I think so too. I thought it was a fun book in the first. I just think they really needed an editing pass and a a little bit more work on the story before they, they put it on paper. Yeah. But when I read this, I remember talking because we had switched to the monthly spotlight Mm -hmm. and I was told you, I was like, it's kind of like that, you know, that new hero coming up, you know, the the antics in high school. And I know that's kind of like, that's your thing. That's your hook. (laughs) And uh, so you're an easy mark for this type of story. I think. Again, Possibly. this was very clearly going after the young Spider-Man version of the character, the crowd that likes that. Whether you want to call that the ultimate version, the original Peter yeah. Parker days or whatever, but him as a kid in high school. That This is totally it. And so I think if you like that type of story, you'll dig this book and more in a modern day. It's almost like Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, you know, or yeah. something. Again, more like Ultimate Spider-Man. There are aspects that do remind me of, of Static. And in good ways. So I think they, they had quite a bit of, of interesting stuff here. I think the marketing on this could have been better initially. Yeah. They didn't clearly set it in or out of the Resistance universe. By implication, I think it is in it, but they could decide it's not if they wanted to. Yeah, I, I agree. And 
I think the art in it is is hit and miss, but overall he does a good job. It's Kari Andrews art, if you like his, you know, the upturned noses where you see down the nostrils, that's kind of like a, a, a signature of his. But like there's a lot of the manga stuff where there's certain panels where it's like very abstract and sketchy. And, but I think he did that on purpose, or at least I'm hoping he did that on purpose. But I, I, I think overall there's a good package here. And if we get an editor on this, I think this could be one of the stronger titles from AWA. Oh, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. I think it's got a youthful energy that's a lot of fun to it. I think it is way better than uh, Knighted. Yes. Although that title has its charms, it doesn't have some of the fun that this has. Yeah, I agree. And this was this one's marketed teen. And uh, a, too many, a lot of this, the books that come out from AWA, they're more mature books. Mm-hmm. And so uh, nothing wrong with mature books. I love mature books. But every now and then, if it's a good teen book that's written well, I like it. Now, I did have a question for you, uh, one thing in here. Sure. They have profanity, but they don't. They use different words. Did you like the way that they use that for profanity? Like, how they change the word? Or do you not like that? To me, it's it's better than using the profanity. Okay. There's also the put it, the, the punctuation or, or, you know, black it out or whatever kind of a thing. But in all three cases, it's you wanted to use the profanity. It's just, did you go all the way? Did you backpedal or did you just kind of mask over it in some way? Exactly. And I th- think there was better writing to be had without the, uh, I don't say the play on words, but the, the word substitution. Yeah. I, I see I, so many books. I, I'm used to the, you know, just the symbols, the special symbols that they mm-hmm. use for profanity and fill in the blank if you want to or skip it. But uh, here they literally change the word from, you know, by a letter or two. Yeah. And, and so you know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, yeah, you can market it to a teen. And so I just didn't know if you prefer it one way or the other. I think this is better than explicitly using the profanity, but I think there's also another step to be had where you didn't have need to, to substitute the words out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So anyways, I, I, I that was one of my questions for you. <laughs> I wrote it down. I was like, I wonder what John thinks of this. It was something that I did find a little distracting when I was hitting it in a couple of scenes, like the party one and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I get what you're doing, but... I'm I'm actually thinking about that versus the story you're telling, which is not in the service of the story. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I'll tell you what, though. There's one thing. Okay, we had the whole thing play out, and we get the pretty girl. The uh, <laughs> well, I'd say they're both pretty or cute, but we get the cheerleader with him at the end. Mm-hmm. And I I just loved how at the beginning, like the hero, like a peck on the cheek, and then exactly how it ended. I, I just thought that was so charming. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it ended terrific, and it left me wanting more. So please do volume two. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of surprised they haven't, because this one finished, I think, in uh, April of 2021. So they've had most of a year to either do it or at least solicit it. And I don't recall solicits for another volume. Me neither. The only thing I can think of, I don't know what... I think Car Andrews was doing something at Marvel... And maybe after he's done with that thing, I th- was he? I can't remember what he's doing. I saw him in the solicits for something. Maybe he'll revisit this. I'm hoping he does because, like I said, I, I I just I like the character. I've been here since its origin. <laughs> Not that long. Been with it for the whole five issues. Wow, the whole five issues, and I'm ready for the whole universe to open up. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you another thing I really do enjoy is AWA. You're never in for a long time. But the stories are long stories because they do those five-issue arcs, then they stop, 
and then they go with another five-issue arc, and then they stop, and then they go. And it's not that... It can be annoying if it's a five-issue arc and there's nothing more. Like if we get Power Fit, Power Man, or uh, the new Iron Fist over at Marvel, mm-hmm. and then it just disappears and we never see the character again for months and months or years or years. Like kind of what they would do over at Valiant. Yeah! Or Valiant, that's a perfect example. But here, you kind of revisit over and over and over again in digestible chunks. And it, it, it's just really easy to get in, and it, they keep me around, and I don't ever drop off. I I'm, I always stay interested here. So I, I like what they've been doing. Well, they're very much taking a book model approach of, okay, this is the first book of Erratic. They're serializing it into five issues and such. But, you know, a year from afterwards or whatever, at a regular cadence for some of their other stuff, they seem to be coming back and revisiting it, where time has elapsed for the reader, but not a, oh, wow, I remember that from back in the day, but, oh, it's time for the next installment. Yeah. Along the cadence of a novel series or a new TV season or a sequel to a movie or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So I I just like their model. I like how it's set up. Um, they, They keep me pretty hooked on most of the things in there. I mean, they had a, they had a weird one that came out this month, but we'll talk about that <laughs> hmm. later at the end. I don't know if you got it or not. <laughs> but overall, I, most of the stuff I enjoy. There, there, there are some horror things I know you're not going to enjoy, and you know how to weed those out. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm not all in with them. There's, there's some stuff. It's just, it's not for me. Yeah, and, and me, luckily, I'm more of that horror mark. But they also have a whole hero universe. They have, um, you know, superhero stuff, mm-hmm. and then they have other things too. Just random things. Well, like yes. the telepath stuff is another universe, so... Yeah, telepaths. They got the new one, which we'll talk about, called Hit Me, which is another whole different universe. <laughs> it, it's very weird. I'm curious if they're ever going to do crossovers between some of their different narrative universes or not, and I'm not suggesting that they should, but I like how they're doing title or universes that can span titles, but not every title has to be in the same universe. Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of cool. They They have their... Like, Devil's Highway is never going to tie into the other stuff, but it's something that they can continue with, and they could even branch out if they wanted to. But yeah, not all the things have to be in there, but quite a few do tie into the Resistance, which is, I would say, the main universe that they have. Yeah, that that's their primary one. They've had the most stories, I think, set there. Yeah. Or at least most different titles. Yeah. So they're doing good things. I'm happy with them. And this title I was happy with, and I'm happy to revisit it again. I am curious if they're going to do another volume. So yeah. Me too. We should start going on Twitters, and that where you harass people. Hey, where's the next erratic? <laughs> it comes out when it comes out. Is my mindset? Yeah, it's true. I'm not gonna bug the guy. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? No, nah, that does it for me. Cool. Recording clips for the preview spotlight episodes is easy, and we've got an open submission policy for these episodes. Please send in clips to support the comics you love as often as you can. If you'd like to get email reminders for the preview spotlight episodes, you can join the emailing list on the main page of the comicbookpage.com website. The deadline is typically the second Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. Check the main page of the website for more information and the exact deadline for the next preview spotlight. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.